your scriptures, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 14, and verse, one verse, verse 34, for a reflection of this word from the Lord this morning on this Independence Day. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. My contemplation for the lesson today is America at the crossroads, and and if I could redefine it or put it in another way, maybe a subtitle is this thought of God's message to America. And it comes from a, a question in my heart that's stirred by the Spirit that says, What would God say to America if He spoke audibly to us on this 4th of July holiday? What would He say to us? I believe he would remind us of this verse in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. And you have it before you. It will be on the screen. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Might we say it out loud together on the count of three, everybody? One, two, three. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Let's do it one more time. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. I I know that I've used this verse before on occasions like this. I don't remember. I called Ann. I was away this week some. And I, I said, would you look in my sermon files and would you see that I don't repeat myself here by using this verse in the immediate past. And she was kind enough to do that. And yet... As I know I've used it in the past, I've never seen it in the light of what the Holy Spirit is showing me today for July 4, 2010. Would you stretch your hand in my direction? We ask the Holy Spirit for our time together to let the Word of God be uh, uh, such power and such instrument in our lives that will bring about the change that we need. Father, I receive the prayers of the people. I receive, O God, the anointing that you promised us. I pray the anointing would be upon all your people. Come on, say amen, church. I pray, O God, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit says unto the church. We don't just want to be good Christians. We want to be good citizens. We don't just want to be good citizens. We want to be good neighbors, oh God. We don't just want to be good neighbors. We want to be good moms and dads and students and employers and employees. God, we want to be found faithful about everything you give us. So across this country, come on, pray with me. Across this country, in every pulpit, oh God, I pray there would be a a spirit of boldness and anointing to appreciate what we have and to declare what needs to be declared. Seal us in your word and bind our hearts together so that we might be stronger because of you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And thank you for being seated. The words of this verse are truths that still hold for any nation in the world, not just America. When you study world history and you read world history, you'll understand, as I have, that history is littered with the echoes of failed nations. The city of Nineveh in the Bible we read about. We read about the Egyptian dynasty, the Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire. We read about the Grecian Empire, the Turkish Empire, and etc., 
empires, kingdoms, and nations. And when you look at what have caused their demise, you can apply this scripture to any of them. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I would like to break down this verse here for just our our time together and, and look at it and see what the Spirit is saying to us on this 4th of July. And of course, the first word in this rendering is the word righteousness. It is a word seldom uttered outside of conservative churches today, isn't it? You don't hear our politicians speaking much about righteousness. If you do, I, I'm, I'm in the fog. I don't hear it. You don't hear the news media saying anything about righteousness. And yet the Lord says that righteousness exalts a nation. There are at least three implications that come from this word righteousness. The first of which is righteousness implies sovereignty. If there is such a thing as righteousness, then someone sovereign must determine what it is. Humankind has a varied idea of righteousness. We can never in a million years agree on what is righteous or unrighteous. God, however, is not just an authority on righteousness. He is the authority on what righteousness is. Give me another amen. And God's authority is supreme over all other authority. So if we want to know what it means, we go to Him. In Psalm 71 and 19, the Word of God says about God, Also your righteousness, O God, is very high. You have done great things, O God. Who is like you? Psalm 98 and 2 says, The Lord has made known His salvation. His righteousness has revealed in the sight of the nations. Therefore, if we're going to understand what God blesses, we've got to understand who God is as our sovereign. This word righteousness also implies a standard. Society today does not want a standard. They don't even want to acknowledge that one exists. In this political age of political correctness, and this age of relativism, where everybody does what is right in their own eyes, uh, we are hearing voices that says, you do your thing and I'll do my thing and we will just get along okay. And in this age of political correctness that's coming to the church, we are being told that uh, don't push your agenda on us and we don't want your standard. And yet, what I would appreciate about the Word of God is, is whether you're white, black, brown, yellow, whether you're American, African, Asian, whether whatever you are, God has established standards for our protection and not our persecution. Can I get an amen? And God, God has given boundaries and limitation and laws because He loves us and not because He wants to 
prosecute or persecute us. Amen? But what you have is that the main reason the Word of God is under attack around the world in America today is because it gives us a standard to live by. God says, if you live in the parameters of my laws and my promises, I'll bless you. But if you step out of my standards, you're on your own. You'll be cursed and judged. The Word of God says in Psalm 119 and 40 about the standards of God. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. In Psalm 119, 142, the Bible says about the righteousness of God, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Now, anybody that knows anything about the founding of this nation, know that the Bible was at the core of the founding of this nation. If you read the correspondence between the founding fathers of this country... If you read their speeches, some of them, if you hear their prayers, you see, what political correctness now is trying to do in America's textbook is take God completely out of it. And and what, what political correctness is trying to tell us, while I know that not all our founding fathers were men of faith, I want you to know that many of our founding fathers were were people of faith who came to this country not to establish freedom in regards to commerce and industry. They didn't come here to establish freedom of agriculture and freedom of those kinds of things that we think about materialism. They came to this country to establish freedom of religion and the right for everyone to serve God without having one religion that belonged to the state as it was in England. Can I get an amen here? And so, I say to you that righteousness implies sovereignty and a standard. Righteousness implies a straightness. It's one thing to admit that there is a standard. It's quite another thing to make that standard our own. Can I get an amen here? Oh, I believe there's a Bible. I believe the Bible has the Ten Commandments. I believe the Bible is the truth of God's Word. And it's one thing to acknowledge it, but something else altogether to possess it. That, that, that's where we're, we're going wrong if we're going wrong in this country. You know? Oh, I believe in your Islam. And I believe in your Hinduism. And I believe in your New Age. And I believe in your Jesus Christ. And I believe in so and so. And, and, and it makes us all amicable and nice to one another. But when we say things like, There is a straightness that comes. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. But straight and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Now we can say, we can have the King James Version on our table. We can have the NIV Version in our bookshelf. We can have a copy of the New Living Translation in the glove department of of our automobile. We can have all kinds of... It's one thing to have it on the table in the glove compartment and agree that it's it's out there. It's another thing to say, this is how I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to abide by. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Yeah. Oh, America, we got laws all over this country. We got law. It's one thing to say we believe in, 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 in the laws and the Constitution of the United States. We believe you ought to keep the speed limit. We believe thou shalt not kill and all, but something else to own it. 
What makes us a strong nation is not just to believe in righteousness, but to own it individually. I said on this 4th of July Sunday in my appreciation for America that I wasn't going to beat up America. But I'm not going to ignore the truth. Let me show you something else in this verse. The word righteousness we look at. Look, look, look at this other thought. The reward of a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. Now none of us can doubt that America has been exalted among the nations. Can I get an amen? We have been. None of us can doubt that for some reason, and I think we know why, that God has blessed America. Why do you think so many of us want to come over here anyhow? Huh? I mean, come November 12th this year, I'll be 42 years in this country, 11 years old when I came on November 12th, 1968. You know, and I, I won't tell you, I'm, I'm like some of you, we've traveled different places but this is home. Anywhere I go, I'm like Dorothy, want to click my heels together and get back to Kansas. Well, I don't know about Kansas, but right here in Georgia is fine for me. God has lifted up America. Now, part of the problem is some, sometimes some Americans like King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, some Americans want to take credit for the blessings that God gave America. The mentality in some Americans is that we somehow deserve the greatness and the power of our past. But that's a sad mistake to make. Because please observe this word when I tell you that America has been exalted because of its citizens' goodness and personal holiness. Can I get an amen? I'm not just talking about Americans who are good and holy right now. I'm talking about Americans who 234 years ago in 1776 were good and holy. Oh, help me, Jesus. Yes, he is helping me. Okay? So we, we got to understand, we, we are parking on somebody else's nickel. I'm going to come down there among you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ain't about just look what we done. Okay? You, you know, the, the saying parking on somebody's nickel is when you could go to a, a parking meter downtown and put a nickel in and park. You can't park for nickel now. <laughs> okay? Alright, so, so what we have in America is people who don't appreciate our, our foundation and our heritage and they're parking on somebody else's nickel. I read of one guy who, uh, who went in a little small town, they had some parking meters down Main Street. And he would ride up and down the street, even though there were empty meters available to park at, but he didn't want to spend his nickel. He'd spend a gallon of gas driving back up and down Main Street so he could find 30 minutes remaining on somebody else's nickel. I'm a preaching Indian. Yes, I am. Yeah. And, and you see, that, that's what we... See, I, I'm an immigrant, okay? But I, I'm a naturalized citizen, okay? I'm, I'm registered. When I, when I was 18 in high school, you had to register for the military. And when they looked at me, they said, God, I hope we don't go to war. You know, I, I'm a tax-paying, registered, I've, I had the green card, the blue card, and now I have the certificate because, because I, by choice, I, I get to be an American, okay? Uh, and some of you Americans are out there fussing about your country because you was born here. Anytime you ain't unhappy, and some of you immigrants, same way, anytime you ain't happy with America and you're so mad, there's a plane leaving to different parts of the world almost every hour. Yeah, yeah. 
You tell those Hollywood types, you tell those talk show types, you tell those condemning the government and condemning the church. I know we're not perfect, but if they don't like it so much, tell them there's vacancy as low as Australia and as high as the Arctic Pole if they don't like it. But, oh, my, 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 help me. Here's somebody. And I'm just telling you that we are blessed because somebody else was good in the past. Somebody else served God. Somebody paid the price. Somebody cut the trail from coast to coast. Okay? We are blessed. America has been exalted because the churches in America have not only desired to spread the gospel in the 50 states, but we have desired to raise up missionaries. America, more than any other nation, sent out more preachers, more missionaries, more Bibles. They build more medical facilities in foreign land. They build more orphanages. Somebody help me here. I mean, you let an earthquake hit Haiti, or you let an earthquake hit India, or you let a you let some kind of something happen in communist China or some hate nation like Venezuela who likes to hate us or at least their leader does. You let something happen over there and we will just go ahead anyhow and get the Red Cross and get other kinds of people involved because we are a nation that's been blessed because of the goodness of the heart of Americans. We've been blessed because... As churches in this country, we have said the gospel needs to stay not just in America, but every part of the world. Another reason we've been, God has exalted us is because of our obedience and our humility. Can I get another amen here? Yeah. I'm talking about righteousness exaltation. And I'm happy to see politicians call for a day of prayer regarding the oil spill in Louisiana. Can I get an Amen. I'm happy to see people call for a day of prayer like, like of course, 2001, 9-11. I'm happy to see in times of, of, a, of a, nat- a national dilemma and duress for us to say we need a higher power. And, and whenever America or any nation humbles themselves and says it's not the government that makes us great, we need government. It's not the military that makes us great, we need military. It's not the intellectual institutions, the colleges and universities and seminaries that make us great. We need them too. Can I get an amen? It's not our factories and our plants and our industry and our commerce and our trade. We need all, not that that makes us great. What makes us great is what is said in First Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Somebody give a Lord a thanks. Look at this word exalt. The word exalt implies, because not only does it imply, the word exalt talks about to be lifted up, to be made high. The Bible teaches that God himself is exalted. The Bible teaches that the church, God's church is exalted. The Bible teaches the nation of Israel is exalted. But the word of God also teaches that God will exalt a nation that is righteous. That means God will set them apart. Give me another amen. And I I really believe that God over the years, today is our 234th birthday. He has uniquely set America apart because of our previous and present commitment to Him. But let me show you something else about the reward of a nation. I'll reward you, the Lord says, if you're righteous, by making you safe. Give me another amen. 
when you think about the word exalt, you also think about a, a, a high accessible fortress out of reach of danger. When you think about the word exalt, you think about some, some fortress on a high mountain or the side of a mountain that gives the advantage of the eyes and the ears in a sort of panoramic view so that you can know if oncoming troops or enemies are coming. And it's so high, you just can't scale the walls and have access. And, and the Lord is saying for the nation and for the people that exalt Him and that remain righteous, that He will be a hiding place. Oh, give me an amen, somebody. God is saying in Psalm chapter 32 and verse 7, He said, I, shall pre- I will preserve you from trouble. In Psalm 119, 114, the Bible says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Many countries and nations have been destroyed by their enemies or by God Himself through natural disaster or otherwise. Plagues, pestilence, wars, and unbelief have destroyed many nations. And yet we are alive today, living on grace. Because we have turned from where we came from regarding this word. So we just live it on grace. We live it on somebody else's nickel. Somebody else's prayer. Somebody else's sacrifice. Somebody else's intercession. This time we quit living off of them and start doing our own prayer, our own repentance, our own sacrifice, our own rolling up our sleeves and plowing and working. For God to keep this nation, let me, let me tell you, we don't have enough troops to protect our borders. We don't have enough missiles to protect ourselves. We don't have enough uh, ships on the sea and plane in the air and soldiers on the field and submarines in the ocean to keep us safe. Because always somebody is looking for some little toehold, some little link, breaking in the link in the fence. Help me hear somebody. Somebody looking for some crack in the wall to come in. You know what I'm talking about. If, if the terrorists could have already uh, uh, killed us in vast numbers, they would have done it. They're working on it. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Somebody is praying, God. Somebody's praying. Before the terrorists get their bomb off, tell the authorities where it is. Before another plane explodes, God reveal the plan of the enemy before the enemy uh, has a chance to execute. Somebody's praying. God, protect our harbors, protect our shore, protect our airport, protect our churches, protect us. Somebody is praying. Keep us safe. My word to you is join them and don't take advantage of our safety be a part that we are saved by your prayers a nation that is righteous will be set apart will be safe and will be strong the reward of a nation that is righteous is God is going to give us strength can I get another amen when you take a I love American history one of my majors in college was American history and when you take a look at American history, you will understand that it has been God's protecting hand watching over this country that has made us strong in times of peace and in times of war. Go, go back when you have a chance and, and check out the American Revolution when the colonies, the original colonies, declared independence Against the world power at that time being England. At the time of the American Revolution, England 
Great Britain, as she used to be called, was the world's largest empire. Matter of fact, she governed all the way into the Caribbean and the West Indian Islands. Where I was born in Trinidad, it was known as Trinidad West Indies. Still is known as the West Indies. It used to be known as British West Indies. Can you imagine the, 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 the colonies and the men of our colonies who were not fighting men? But they, they, they prized the opportunity for freedom. They were not, they, we tend to think the revolutionary, the revolutionary war, the war against England for our freedom was won because we had military might and power and skills like unto today. That wasn't the case. When you read, you'd be amazed how a few uh, colonies binding together would resist our whole empire and win the revolutionary war and win our independence. And the only reason that happened is because God made us strong. Read American history and think about the Civil War. The Civil War over the issue of slavery, dividing the North and the South and other issues could have ripped this nation apart and we could have had a separate nation in the North and a separate nation in the South. Can I get a witness here? The Civil War could have told, but the reason this nation stayed strong is because God answered the prayers of people who said, God, that slavery is wrong, but government should be able to govern and we should be one people and we should enjoy freedom and God made us strong because people were willing to stand up for what is right. Think about World War II and I don't have time to go over all this because you got uh, hot dogs to eat and burgers to eat and apple pie and Chevrolet to enjoy later on so I'm just going to hurry through this here. But, but let me tell you, think about World War II. America was thrust into World War II because of the, uh, the unannounced attack obviously of Japan at Pearl Harbor. Can I get a witness here? Okay, so we were trying our best to stay out of war but here comes Japan and Pearl Harbor and all that stuff and America almost single-handedly the war was already going on in Europe, but America almost single-handedly with the investment of weapons and tanks and soldiers and etc. Almost single-handedly gained the freedom for the rest of the world. And the only reason that was done is because God blessed us because we feared Him and we loved Him and we served Him and He was first. And I tell you that if we're going to stay strong, it won't be because we have developed more nuclear weapons. Amen. Give me an amen, somebody. Amen. If we're going to stay strong, it won't be because we have more intellectuals with PhDs and doctorates and, and master's degree behind their name. Somebody help me preach here. If we're going to be strong, it's because we have not, we have not flexed our muscles, but because we have bent our knees and said, God, we are strongest when we are on our knees before God. Somebody ought to help me praise God. Now, I told you about the righteousness and the reward. Let me give you the, the, the third of four points. The revolt of a nation. Now we come to what might be the, the depressing aspect of God's promise to any nation. As surely as righteousness exalts a nation, sin destroys it. This very verse says that. Today in America, many people want a sort of buffet-style religion. And in some contexts, buffet-style is okay. And I ain't dismissing you yet. They ain't got it ready at Golden Corral, so sit down just a minute. 
time you all get out, you all can have breakfast again. So hang in here with me. Buffet-style religion in America says, I want a God of mercy and love and forgiveness and peace. And while he is a God of mercy, love, and forgiveness and peace, he's also a God of righteousness, judgment, and rebuke. But people want to turn away from that God. Now, we can turn all we want to, but this, this, is, this verse has a couplet in it, two parts. The parts are opposite and contrasting. But you can't take one without the other. I feel a, a whoop glory. By, by the way, I got that whoop glory in America. Yeah. This verse that says righteousness exalts a nation is not complete without understanding that sin is a reproach to any people. It's not buffet style. They stand together as a testimony of God's unapproachable holiness. The truth is, brothers and sisters, fellow Americans, God will judge sin. God will not wink at sin, forget sin, or misplace the records. It's coming. I told you recently in a series on David that be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if you sow righteousness and peace and love and forgiveness and benevolence, you will reap more that than you can possess. But if you sow disobedience and cursing God and cursing the Bible and you and, and, and sow a fellowship and agreement with those who do, God will judge. You see, this thing, let, let me show you about righteousness, exalts a nation. Look at the word sin. Let me give you just hurriedly. Sin is a, an undisciplined aim. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. If you take notes, remember this. To sin is to miss the mark like an archer with a bow and arrow would shoot at a bull's eye. And when he releases the arrow, he may hit the target, but he didn't hit the bull's eye. If he didn't even hit the target of the bull's eye, he is considered to miss the mark. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not the only one enjoying this, but let me have a little good time. This, this is the mark. Can you hold up your Bible like this? Can, can you hold up the Bible? You got your scripture. Hold up your Bible. Like, hold it up like this. Yes, yes. Okay? Now, now put them down. This, this is the mark. Okay? There's 66 books in here. Okay? So it's a pretty wide target. Help me here, somebody. Now, the sin means that I missed the mark. Don't come here telling me you don't know what sin is and nobody told me. And if that is true, we're going to give you some room and define it for you. But an undisciplined aim says that I know what is right, but I'm going to shoot in the other direction anyhow. And God says he is going to judge that. You see, in my opinion, America doesn't demand greatness of herself anymore. 
We do not honor what is good and right anymore. We, we, we don't call for, for righteousness and peace anymore. Contrary to that, we honor and reward evil and disobedience. Look at, look at America's heroes today. Look at American idols today. Help me preach here, somebody. Look at people who our young people emulate or want to be like or have their posters in their bedroom about. Look at the people whose music they listen to or whose movie they go see. Anybody helping me preach here? Look at the talk show hosts that some of Americans listen to. We, we don't care whether they've been married one time or five times. We don't care if they've been in jail last night and got out today. If they can sing a song and make your hips move a little bit. Or if they can articulate on the, on the radio a little bit. Or they can break an athletic record somehow. Or they can have a certain physique or body. We don't, we don't even care about their immorality or their morality or their adultery or their fornication or how many babies they had outside of marriage or how many babies they aborted in their lifetime. We somehow make them a hero. And God says He will not bless that. I don't care how many millions of dollars you make as a basketball player or a golfer or a ball player. I don't care how much money you make. You ought to live clean and right and love your spouse and don't get arrested for drunken driving and adultery and fornication. Then you're worthy of somebody following you. I like all kind of sports, but I'd rather have Jesus. Yeah. If I make a certain level of income, you won't find me paying. If I, if I make multiple millions of dollars, you won't find me taking God's money He's given to me and blessing somebody or some institution in their sin. Oh God, I didn't know we'd have fireworks in the pulpit, but that's alright. Sin is an unwise assurance. We think because we're parked on somebody else's nickel, it's always going to be this way. No. Payday someday. Lord, keep me sweet. You know, in this economy, you know what bothers me about some of the temptations we face in this country? In this economy, when unemployment is almost 10%. The people who have been used to getting an unemployment check for some time now, they kind of like it. They ain't putting out no text messages, email, or application. Just sitting at home, munching Fritos with the remote in their hand, hoping somebody will call. Thank you, Brother Willie. All I need is somebody to say, sick them. Yeah. Yeah. Unwise assurance. I put an application in to 14 companies last month. This is hard times. If you don't work your job like you should be and you've been there 14 years, somebody got an application, about, about 100 applications waiting to take your job. Yeah. It's unwise for you to think just because you clock in and you got a card that says this company that you got, you're secure. Okay? Amen. These are difficult times. Amen. It's also unwise to think that because God's kept us safe and strong and sound, that we got enough in reserves, we don't need to put anything else there. Okay? Unwise assurance says that my grandmother is saved, and my mother is saved, and my wife is saved, and I must be okay. That's unwise assurance. Can I get an amen? Unwise assurance to say, I got saved ten years ago, but I've lived like hell during that time, but I'm still going up yonder. 
Just a little American preaching going on here, okay? All right? And, and I'm okay because somebody told me I, once I'm saved, I'm okay and I can just go ahead in my marriage and do a little adultery on the side. I can dabble in a little bit of pornography here. I can go ahead and gamble away my life's earning while my children go hungry. I, I don't have it in my notes. I just have it in my spirit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's unwise to think that just because, just because you turn on the tap, you're going to get water all the time. You know, if, if you, and just because you flip the switch on in your house, electricity is coming. I am told if you don't pay the utility for the water, and electricity, somebody going to show up at your house and say, I don't care who your mama is or your daddy is or your pastor is. This power is going off until you pay the price. And I'm telling you, we do not need to lose the power of God and we will not if we pray the price for God to protect us. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Here's another problem with sin. It's ungrateful actions. You may have a right to burn flags in this country, but don't come near me expecting me to bless you. Okay? I got, I got some gripes with the government, too. I got some gripes all over. I, I'm like you. I even got some gripes with the church. Go ahead and say amen. We covered everybody. But I've asked God to help me to be a part of the solution, not the problem, okay? I wish our government, I didn't just have gripes with it, this administration, every administration, every government. Man, if you all got dog catchers, you probably got a gripe with him or her. But this, this ungrateful action in this country, you know, people, they, they want to destroy things. In a demonstration. They want to tear up things. Turn over cars. Throw bricks through pane glass windows and destroy people's property. But when you call them up to protect and defend the country. When you call them up to get a job and build a nation. You know, I get emails and stuff different times and you do too. BP is trying to employ a host of people on the Gulf Shores for a very good wage. And training involved at a high amount of uh, uh, hourly wage. And you still go, have people sitting, I ain't got nothing to do. They, they'll even put you in the hotel for a season of time and pay it. Oh, God, help me here. I didn't come here to get my therapy. I just came here to preach a little bit. We, we need a few Americans to say what President John F. Kennedy said. Ask not what my country can do for me. Ask what I can do for my country. That, that's a good. That's a good thing. How much? How many? When I expire, when I expire this, uh, I have no agenda against anybody. Okay. When I finish up this unemployment, then I'll see if I can get some other kind of welfare. You know what made this country great? Is, and and some, some Americans are mad because some brown-skinned people are coming over and having motel, hotel, and patel. You know? They're my, I'm talking about Indians, okay? I'm, I'm an Indian. I, I wasn't born in India, but I'm an Indian. That's my origina- origination. My great-great-great-grand from past migrated from India to the West Indies when the British ruled the empire. 
And my, my ancestors came from India to Trinidad, halfway around the world, on the promise of indentured servanthood. You serve as a, uh, on a crop or a field, a sugarcane field, X number of years in time, then you will own your own land. Okay? But you all know how that goes. Uh, I ain't got a piece of dirt in Trinidad. I ain't even got dirt under my nails from Trinidad. Okay? And I forgot where I was going. Maybe that wasn't... Maybe that one the Holy Ghost after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hotel, motel, and patel. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Getting mad at our Mexican, Puerto Rican brothers coming over here. Getting mad at our Asian people. Getting mad at us coming over here. They're, they're owning everything. Chinese owning everything. Matter of fact, I think they are because on our flag it says, Made in China. Made in China. This ain't nobody's fault in this office, okay? I'm thinking, I saw this, I'm thinking, why didn't they print it down here, right here? Huh? Listen, my fellow Americans. You know why some of the hotel, motel, patel people are getting ahead of us? Because they wouldn't do some hard work. You know? And listen, let me tell you something. I'm not in favor, I'm not in favor of illegal immigrants, okay? I'm, I'm an immigrant. All right? I'm not in favor of illegal immigrants coming in here, parking on my nickel. All right? But I'm telling you, people are coming over here because if anybody can make it anywhere, if they're willing to roll up their sleeves and get their hands dirty and sweat a little bit on their brow, if anybody, anybody who's willing to just go the extra mile in America, I don't care if it's shoveling manure or if it's doing something else that somebody don't want to do, they'll shovel enough manure for the first year and they'll lay aside a little bit of money and then they'll go buy them a convenience store. So lest, lest we naturalize Americans, don't get too mad at people out there who are willing to work. Okay? If we're willing to work, we can have some stuff too. Oh, Jesus, help me. Uh, my wife is out today with her, with her mom and dad, and she deserves a break. And she's going to ask me how I did, and I'm going to tell her, pray for me, honey. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can wrap it up. The righteousness of a nation, the reward of a nation, the reproach of a nation. What was the third one? The one just before this. The revolt. Here, here's the reproach of a nation. Look at this. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Any people. You know what the word reproach means? And let me just help you. It means a cause of shame. Somebody in the family says because of the action of another family member, you have brought a reproach on our family. It means that you've caused our family to be an object of shame. You brought a reproach on this company for which you work by your actions. An object of shame. I'm not judging this. I'm just saying it as an illustration. I'm not judging it. The athlete director of UGA was arrested for a DUI. And I saw it on the TV and I saw his apology. And I felt like it was genuine. But I appreciated in his apology, he acknowledged that he, he tainted. Brought a reproach on his school, his alma mater. Okay? I'm not lifting him up to say anything about him except to say... That when, when this nation 
in the people who make up this nation. I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. and Atlanta, Georgia, and just the capitals of our states and the centralized form of government that we have. I'm, I'm talking about when we Americans, when we Christians in particular, don't wave the flag of Jesus Christ. Don't testify of His goodness. Don't we, when we hide our witness, we have to apologize. A disgrace. Let me, let me hurry, please. Not only is reproach disgrace, but it's dishonor. Not only is it dishonor, but it's being defeated. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. God says to that nation who, who, who takes me out of their schools, to that nation who takes me down from the walls, the Ten Commandments, they are on the path of disgrace, dishonor, and defeat. Uh, you all hear me? For that nation who lets little babies in the womb of their mother who cannot spare themselves, conceived, and somebody decides they're an inconvenience, because that's what most abortions are. Not the health of the mother or the baby so much. Of course, if it's the health of the baby, they would not be aborted. But in, in a country like this, where the murder of a child in the womb is, uh, is, is taken care of just so readily, but little geese and birds and ducks are pulled out of the oil and, and wiped and washed. Not against the I'm all about that, okay? When you get whales and, and hooping out or whatever bird, uh, get more attention and money. God says you're on your way to disgrace. When you get the elderly in this country who become, when the elderly becomes disposable, okay? When the elderly are, are not given the time of, of care and sustenance and a place to live and a decent exit from this country. God says you're on your way to going down. I got five things I want to give you and we're going to pray. What Christians must do for their government. I'm going to put it all on the screen because I'm not going to, it preaches for itself. All, the Holy Spirit in my preparation told me to give this to you. Have you got a writing instrument that you could write this down? If you haven't written anything else, could you take this home on this 4th of July day and say, God, in the midst of all the wonderful things that I'll enjoy today with family or by myself, or between now and whenever, when I pray... I pray that you'd help me to participate in paying for government. Now, that's the most painful part of all these. Can I get an amen? amen. How dare you, Pastor Matura, tell us that we must participate in paying for government. Jesus paid for government. He told Peter, go down to the seaside, and there you'll catch a fish, and you'll find some money in its mouth, and go pay my taxes and yours. Can I get an amen here, somebody? Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God. You know what? What I got to do is I pay my taxes because God established government. You put your money in the church, your tithing offerings, and you don't always know exactly where it's going because you don't see our budget and our disbursements and receipts. And you have to think, God, I don't know how Pastor Allen and the finance committee and the elders are dispersing these funds, but you know what, God, I'm not paying them to Mr. Obama. And I'm not paying them to Mr. Purdue. I'm paying my taxes because I'm a citizen that have rights and liberties and pave roads and etc. Because I have school taxes. I pay it because I'm in the system. I give my tithe and offerings. God, you judge them if they're wrong. Can I get an amen here? When you, when you write this down, take it and pray over it in the next whatever while. Pray for the government. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Oh, help us, Holy Spirit. I wouldn't want to be president of the United States. 
presently with what I do and what I see and unenjoy, God, somebody has to be, okay? And somebody wants to be and somebody's called to be. And for this moment in time in the history of this country, God has raised up and allowed President Obama to be our president. And in spite of what we felt about Obama or Bush or Clinton or Reagan, we are called to pray for our government. Yes. Listen, listen. And I, we are, I'm going to say, God, promote patriotism in this country. Can I get an amen? My God, we, we, we got, we, in this country, it, it, it's, it, our comedians have taken and made fun of our nation, our government, our flag, our, our, our national uh, places of, 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 of national memories, uh, national cemeteries, monuments, etc. Promote patriotism. If you can give a little bit of money along the way to the disabled uh, American veterans, send them a little money. Am I doing all right here preaching? Somebody here? Okay. We, I, we, somehow we got to make up our... This keeps coming back to my mind. We got to make up our mind. I'm not going to park on somebody else's nickel for the rest of my life. Participate in government and persuade our government. Can I get an, Participate means I ain't got no right to, to grumble and gripe and complain if I didn't vote. If I got the right to vote and I didn't take it, then I need to be quiet. And then persuade our government through letters, through emails, through personal town hall meetings. Say to them, this is what we believe God will bless. This is what we believe is right for our community. This is what made our nation. Uh, have, take the time and persuade by your voting our government. Would you stand please? Somebody know that God has spoken to our hearts today. Would you say amen? amen. Can we give a Lord a... a, a I, I want us to sing God bless America but I want us to pray first okay I want us to close this service with, I want you to be patriotic you might have to wake up your neighbor and say he stop yelling now you can take the cotton out of your ear and let's sing you know what I've done here this morning I just stirred up your pure mind by way of remembrance by the way, good to see you guys back from what state you all moved to, guys? Yeah, Oklahoma. Glad to see you back. No place like Georgia, by the way. Adam done married our girl and took her off to Oklahoma. I'm gonna talk to you after this. No, just bow your heads. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, I want to join you this morning. And saying, God helping me, I'm not going to park on somebody else's nickel. If I can make a difference, I'm going to roll up my sleeve and make a difference. If it means me bending my knees and bowing my head more. If it means me working a few extra hours. If it means me going the extra mile. I, God helping me, Pastor. I'm not going to ask what my country can do for me alone. I'm going to ask what I can do for my country. But here's another thing I want you to see. Pastor also... I don't want to keep asking what God can do for me. Gimme, 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 God. I want to also ask, what can I do for you, God? But before I'm a citizen of America, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. How can I promote your kingdom, God? How can I, how can I God, uh, avoid dishonor and disgrace and defeat? God, if righteousness will build a nation... Righteousness will build a person. And I want to be part of that number. If that's you, hold up your hand. Say, Pastor, I can stand some improvement in this area. Hold it up. Hold it up. Yeah, that's probably 99% of us. 
Lift up the other hand now. Let's pray together for our nation and for ourselves. Come on, raise your voices and pray. I told you what and how to pray, so you just let it come back to your remembrance. Come on, pray a little bit loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this Independence Day. I thank you for these people who have arisen this morning and attired themselves and come to your house. Father, I pray that you would forgive our sins and heal our land. Come on, help me pray. God, I've criticized. I confess. I've criticized. I've condemned. I have found fault. I have blamed. And I ask you to forgive me, God. God, I can do better as an American. I'm not so near a hot shot as I may sound about the country. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord Jesus. Too many times I've been a part of the problem instead of the part of the solution. But, but change us. Come on, pray with me. Lord, I pray for President Barack Obama, his wife Michelle, and their children. Somebody join me. God, there's a lot of people wanting to get his attention. There are millions of voices that want to be heard in his ear. But God, I pray that he would fear you and serve you and love you and get counsel from God. I pray, oh God, for the senators of this country. I pray, oh God, for the House of Representatives. I pray for the Supreme Court. Let me hear you pray. God, I pray for the, I pray for the federal judges and the state and local judges. I pray for all the governors of all 50 states. I pray for all the mayors of the thousands of cities in America. I pray, oh God, for all the police officers. And I pray, oh God, for all the fire department people and the paramedic people. Come on, pray with me, somebody. I pray for all the soldiers, oh God. I pray, oh Heavenly Father, for our schools and our school system. I pray for the elderly in this country. I pray for the babies and everybody in between. I pray, oh God, that you'd keep our nation safe. And you'd protect our harbors and our airports. You'd protect us by land and by air and by sea. I pray that you'd raise up churches in America to be centers of prayer. I pray that in our pulpits we'd preach the truth and tell the truth, oh God. Deliver us from the devil. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from fooling ourselves. Deliver us from unwise assurance and send revival. God, use us today. Forgive our sins and heal our land. And help us to be better Christians first and better Americans next. In Jesus' name, give a lot of praise. Everybody.
Ezekiel. 